Welcome to Launchpad, where my dad causes the extinction of birds, runs a daycare, and then whips his dick out. Uh, we're here with the original entrepreneur, my dad. Hey, dad. Original entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this this man is the man responsible for um, apparently my gluttony for punishment as I go through the entrepreneurial journey. And uh, as long as I can remember, he has been in business for himself. Um, yep, I don't remember a time when you weren't in business for yourself. So you've you've done all kinds of stuff. I have indeed. You've, uh, you've lots of regrets doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, lots of successes. Only one, only one failure, which is a really good track record. Yeah, I just did it late in my life. Wish I would have done it a lot sooner. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, when, when did you get started down your entrepreneurial journey? A question I don't think I've ever asked you. Um, I don't. I think I was back. I was a teamster for a while, right? Yep. And I, a union I, man. Union, yeah, union man. How do you go and, from being a union man to an entrepreneur? That I'm sure you're going to about to get to it, but that just well, so you know, I don't. That's a hard one to say because you step on a lot of toes doing that, and I don't really want to step on a lot of toes because a lot of union people out there drink out of bottoms up. That's so, okay. we, so we can disassociate ourselves. Okay, we will do that. Then. <laughs> um, I guess it was when I was driving dump truck, and it was such a union uproar that it wasn't that I was against unions. I was totally for organized labor, and it seemed like nobody could get organized. And the only way I could get organized was just to go out on my own. And I'm not sure I still got organized, but that's when I started. And it was in probably 70, 78, 79. Yeah, you weren't born yet. So your catalyst for becoming an entrepreneur was just how terrible unions are? No, 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 that's the wrong way to say it. I think um, of the total disagreement and nobody could get together on on how things should be handled. And I just, it was time for me to step off my own because I was, I'm, I guess I like to say I'm more like you rather than you like me because the adventure of something new is being on your own. I don't think you can be like me. I think I have to be like you because that's how the timeline works. And why is it? Father like son. How's that phrase come about then? Because I always went father like son. Oh, yeah. His father is a lot like his son. I guess that is the saying. Is that the saying? That is the saying, yeah. Why the hell is the saying like that? I don't know. But it's always it's, I believe it's like father, like son. Like oh. father, like son. So, so. Oh, is it? Equating uh, the two people to be similar, mainly because uh, of the dad. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, uh, Brad. All right. Sorry. Thanks no, for it's great. No, no, that's no, thanks for the clarity that's, on that. He's doing his job. Huh. Most of the times he's like, I don't know, I'll let you sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <but> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well, you know, I decided okay, I like to go out on my own. Son. And your mom was the person who had the medical, which allowed me to do so. If she didn't have medical, I'm sure I would still been working for a union company that had medical. So, uh, mom's, mom's medical insurance helped you make the step? Absolutely. I mean, cool. that was like, if she didn't have medical or we didn't have medical, um, if I fell down a broken arm or we decided to have kids, it wasn't going to get paid for. So you were a freebie, I guess, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so in hindsight. Oh, in hindsight, I don't no. I think huh? there was much free about me at all. Um, so you bought yourself a dump truck. No, no, no. What did um, you do? I went into chrome plating business. Okay. And Why? Why chrome because plating? I love my favorite color is shiny, <laughs> and so I decided to get into the chrome plating business. Um, I chromed everything 
but my shoelaces. I mean, I just loved the color of chrome. Um, the economy took a crap, and so that you know that's a luxury item. So people quit doing that. So then somebody owed me some money, brought me a bunch of wood, and that's when the the firewood business took off really strong because in so, Washington State the they I were thought you quit chroming because of the EPA started. Well, they out. were no, I, they were pushing for it, yeah. So I quit chroming because the economy was getting bad; nobody was buying it, and the EPA was going to make a push on cleaning up chrome plating. Okay, which probably so. Yeah, I mean, you can't just dump it behind the shop. Yeah, no, could dump it behind the shop no more. Okay. Than, huh? Oil is bad enough. <laughs> um, but which he never did. I never no, I did not do that. that no. <laughs> um, but then uh, somebody owed me some money, couldn't afford to pay me, um, brought me a bunch of logs, and I thought, oh, firewood. I can make an extra buck firewood, making firewood. So we're from a place where this isn't normal around the the United States. Is It was very common for homes to be heated with firewood in the great Northwest because firewood was a plenty. So um, I don't know, it might be weird for some people, I think, to have a home heated by a fireplace as its primary source. Yeah, you don't see a lot of big trees around here where you can no. knock I don't a tree know, down Brad, and get about four not, boards out of it. Not since the 1800s, probably. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's now... It's super common in the, in the 80s right. in Washington State to have your entire home heated by firewood. Well, now it's a... it's it, If you have it heated by firewood, it's because it's a luxury item. It's something that you put in there to be retro. Yeah, or, yeah, like, you know, you got that nice romantic setting. Yeah, and back you know, there it was like a necessity. Wow, wow. Everybody, right. Everybody had to fire... And I got a contract from the state because... They were subsidizing heating. Oh. So I picked up contract. Which you were then, a state subsidy businessman. Yeah, I was. So I went in mm. big business and got my own equipment. And then it just snowballed into this huge business. And you should recall sitting on the no, log loader. I, it's some of the it. funnest times of my life I had out in the log yard. Yeah. Yeah. You built a small racetrack. Man. So so firewood, you're just like, hey, I can make some money on firewood. I mean, did you, what, how, what was the transition there from the free firewood? You had, did you get enough free firewood to start your own firewood business? Pretty much so, yeah. I mean, How much was, money does this guy owe you? Lots. And what were you selling him? I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was selling him a service. So I uh, just, <laughs> I worked on his equipment. He had equipment and I was, I was always working on st- people stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, he couldn't afford to pay me, and I said, bring me some logs. I can turn it into firewood and sell it. So that behind the old gas station, I would um, I had a little conveyor and a splitter that I'd created and had a couple guys. Cutting. So you built your own firewood setup? Yeah, firewood behind a shop where you just back the truck into the splitter and fell off and into the splitter. And I don't remember if, I don't know if you remember that log process plant that I bought. Uh, yeah, it was it really, was really huge. cool. Yeah, it, would cut a, <laughs> it could take a log, set it on a conveyor, and it would turn a log... Not just an, a single log, but logs into a cord of wood from the ground into the truck in five minutes flat. It was just impressive. Now, what's a cord of wood? Because that's a ridiculous measurement a for everyone. A cord of wood is four by four by eight stacked. Mm, makes um, sense. <laughs> a cord of wood green is about approximately two tons. So that's what it is. And so you load up the trucks. Did you have, I mean, did, how many... How many delivery trucks did you have? I had two of my own trucks and I hired the rest of them. But then the pulp market got really strong and I was paying 25 cents a ton for stumpage and selling it to the pulp market for about $18 a ton stumpage. So we just give up the firewood process plant and I sold it and just got into... Then it just escalated and escalated and then next thing I knew, the bird people wanted my property and bought the bird, brought that bird sanctuary. 
So then I was done. I had sold the businesses and I was You just retired. stayed into business after business here. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, that's when before your mom got really sick. And then when I sold that, I bought property in Central Park where the daycare yep. was. I was going to build a new home. Um, I bought the building that your mom didn't know nothing about. I picked her up from where she was teaching. And no, wait, I thought you had an asphalt company for a while. I, well, I had an asphalt company. But that's when there was an oil crunch. and uh, So was that before chroming or was that? That was after chroming. That was in between the chroming and uh, actually between the chroming and the wood business. I decided to get into the asphalt. Kenny Gedridge and I decided to get into the asphalt business. So and I thought you had an Odyssey shop. I had that too. <laughs> <laughs> we're just skipping all kinds of shit. Oh, we're bouncing around on, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I was supposed to this be in line with this. Well, yeah, it's a timeline. Oh, okay, it's a timeline. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have to. But you've got all these weird ass things. I mean, well, chrome, uh, ATVs, um, asphalt business. Well, yeah, some of them you just forget about. I mean, I tried to count them here a while back. Going, holy crap! I lost track of all of them. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, how'd you get into the? How'd you get? Let's stick with the asphalt one. <laughs> <laughs> stick with the asphalt one. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll, get, we'll back up. We'll get to the, the ATV one because that's a pretty cool one. I um, remember a lot of fun stuff on that, that one. Going. Okay, the asphalt one. The county had a, an asphalt plant for sale, and I was at the time. Oh, no, because I have to back up a little further. I was driving a <laughs> dump. I was driving dump truck for Gordon Pennick, and I was hauling asphalt. Okay. So the asphalt uh, plant went up for sale from the county, and another guy and I bought it and uh, hauled it to a rock pit where another company wanted us to put it in place so they could sell us the rock and kind of do parking lots and things like that. Well, Ed Bowers, who owned Interstate Asphalt, had put a... Because it was when the oil embargo or the oil crisis was a problem. So Ed Bowers called all his oil distributors and said if they sold us oil, that he would pull the plug on him. He wouldn't buy oil. So that put the end of the oil asphalt plant. Hmm. We had it about half set up and ready to roll, and it was it was getting close anyway, and found that, that I couldn't get any oil. I was like, damn, he pulled the plug on me. Huh. That's interesting uh, way to do business. Well, it's a pretty shitty way to do business. That's I mean, that's how, if you want to keep the little guy out, that's, that's how a way to do, do it. business. That's the way to do it. Yeah. So that's when I moved on to something else. And that was... I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. Oh, okay. The firewood? The firewood? That, that's when yeah, we're, the firewood. Oh, yeah, we're back up to the firewood. That's where everything fell apart. I mean, I had to do something else. So when does where does ATVs lie in there? That was... That was before the firewood. That's right. The ATV. Was no, no, no. Because we were doing ATV as a hobby. And I had the firewood business. And that's when that track was put up there. We built that 10th mile. No, mm-hmm. well, 8th mile, I guess. 10th mile. 8th mile asphalt track out there on the property. And we were going to sanction races, and that never happens. We just had fun on it. I had um, a lot of fun on it. But then Mark West and I went into partners and had that ATV shop and was just building little miniature race cars for people, basically, out of the Odysseys. And we raced quite a bit and won lots of races because we were pretty innovative, like yeah. somebody else I know. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I, I um, don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'll never forget. Uh, so I grew up thinking a lot of that stuff was stock. Oh, no. Which is funny. Did you really? Yeah. You, you, how how was a five year old or six year old supposed to know that that hub had been drilled and lightened to the extent that it was? And I had, when I saw when I saw a stock one for the first time, I was like, "What in the fuck is this? Why would anybody make it like this when it could be made like this?" Yeah, you know, yeah, I suppose it just doesn't right. make yeah, any sense. It didn't make any sense to you. Don't it's you remember? Like this weighs twice as much as this one. Of course, we were pretty young. I mean, when we brought you and your sister to the quads, we were still playing with the Odyssey, but Odysseys, but they were pretty modified at that point, too. Yeah. Yeah, they were heavily modified. 
Yeah, I, I think, I mean, as my memory starts to come on board, uh, it was right towards the end of the whole thing. Yeah, where it, it, had, it had moved to more of an off-road road course, and you guys had specialized in flat track and oval. Right, right. Yeah, but, and that's what, yeah, that's where we went wrong. Well, and it was getting to the Not point. wrong. I mean, oval's fucking well, no, Yeah, I'd rather do oval than road yeah, courses. Me I mean, I have to have a co-pilot, and I don't know what he tried to tell me when to turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're way too bullheaded for that <laughs> yeah yeah you wouldn't listen to him you'd be like no <laughs> no wonder where he gets that from <laughs> right huh? i can do it this way i'll show you <laughs> yeah well <laughs> you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't so anyway so asphalt you got strong-armed out of that atvs you played in then um the daycare which is probably one of the most interesting stories um i remember growing up and people asking me what my dad did for a living and then me saying my dad runs a daycare and then being like your dad's a fag your dad's a fag i'm like no and then my friends that grew up with me from through grade school were like his dad will kick your ass <laughs> like shut, well it, shut plays, up. it plays into a pretty good story of um, david kerner because when your mom passed away david was always my good friend but he'd come over all the time hanging out and your sister is saying my second dad well that did not <laughs> forgot about sound that really good to no. you know and it took a while my for aj dads. to go huh i probably shouldn't be saying my, <laughs> my my dad's up my second dad well you know he was always around yeah he was he did always play around. the second dad role and uh yeah he did but no yeah so we went from the atvs at odysseys and and uh into the actually that's when i sold everything that's when uh, the rear hey. people decided they needed the property and they bought all my equipment and bought the but the land that I had leased and so for all, everyone out there imagining people in bird suits, could you explain what bird people are? Bird people, well, it's like Big Bird on Sesame Street. <laughs> a whole bunch of them come in here and decided they wanted my land and nest. <laughs> so basically, what happened was the government come in because there was a sanctuary out there in Bowerman Basin. This sandpipers and these little birds, right against the beautiful land, right yeah. against the right against the coast of Washington State. And my dad is shredding it with logging equipment and running ATVs around on it. So yeah, it was <laughs> bothering these migrations, I guess. Um, but it was somebody's thesis. Can, in hindsight, I can totally see where they're coming from. I grew up going, fuck them, you know, because they're messing with my dad. But um, I still don't get it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I do. It's a giant wetland. <laughs> no, I do, I do. And I do. you have four-wheelers and yeah, giant construction equipment running around in no, this wetland where birds normally migrate to 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 like you know make babies and stuff like that right yeah i know i get it i get it now and at the time i was like you I was like hey screw them birds yeah but dumb that birds. was that was just a dumb Never mind they're going yeah, extinct yeah. i was i was young and stupid too then selfish i guess would be the yeah. more of the word i wanted to play circles and rather than watch birds <laughs> i get it but anyway so the government decided they needed that property and 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 bought it and then i sold the equipment and sold my business and decided okay i'm done i'm retired i'm not doing this no more and um so you retired at what age first time um i don't know i think it was like 40 well no your mom had passed away when i was 40 probably 38 i was able to retire 37 that's, 38 years old i was done but then well that's, that's this year for me so sweet <laughs> well i didn't how work does that out. work it, it, has, it <laughs> has changed dramatically since then well, so that gives me something to aim for yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to retire at 38. No, no. You don't, no, what would you do if you retired? Of cocaine and hookers. Oh, boy, can I join you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
No, what would I do with myself? I'd be miserable if I retired. Yeah, you would. I think most entrepreneurs would. I I mean, I've told Michelle that you're pretty much with somebody who's going to work his entire life. Yeah. I can't see sitting in a nursing home playing, what is that, shuffleboard? Sounds miserable. Exactly. Well, we had this we had this plan, the wife and I. She was a school teacher and very successful and very dedicated to her profession. Um, I had always thought, okay, why can't I be the stay-home dad and take care of the kids? And that's before we had kids, and we talked about it. And very progressive. So it become that way. And, and uh, when I sold a business, I found this property that I was going to build a new home on and went and picked a wife up from school and showed her what I was going to go buy and... She thought it was an old car or something and took her out to this dilapidated old building that was sitting on the ground, basically. And and we went into it. It used to be a Central Park Grange. It was a Grange building, um, kind of a meeting place for all of Central Park. And uh, so we went into the building. She wanted to go through this old spooky building. So we walked through it. and Which was actually haunted. Which was actually haunted, for real. And uh, we walked back out, and I had visions of a new home. Well, little did I know, she had visions of a daycare that I had never heard nothing about. And on the way home, she says, my daycare, great place for my daycare. And I thought, what the hell? Where did this come from? So I'm not thinking anything more about it. Well, she was diagnosed with cancer and at this time it was the second time and we knew it would be terminal so um i started dinking around a little bit she basically was mom when she had cancer the first time how old was she was 28 jesus yeah because she passed away at 34 and it was six years right um it was a yeah um so she progressively got sicker fairly fairly quick and in order to keep her spirits up and she because she kept working on me can you do something with that as a daycare and i said well you know not really well i got a couple friends together and we went out there and looked at it rather than coming home and lying to her and say no we need to tear it down i said no it can be done you know if i spend enough money and time we can do this and and basically it was more or less to keep her hope up you know just give her something to think about so i tore into it and got it about oh maybe a third done and she passes away i'm thinking what the hell am i going to do with this building now so that's when i got full-blown into the daycare business the only guy with the daycare business that owned the daycare that was a hurdle that was a huge hurdle how would you like to have some guy that was bald-headed look like pervert taking care of your kids did not go over really well with moms whatever great well, it went over great after the fact we made that hurdle. It was only when the state came in and recognized it as being like the number one daycare in the state, they said, huh, this guy must have something going. But I enjoyed it because I did it for 18 years. And then... That's the longest business you ever owned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't as lucrative as other businesses, but it was rewarding in ways that I never expected it to be. I mean, I thought maybe I'd have you and your sister in it, but you guys, the time I got done building it, because it took four years to do it, because I took no, time off. No, I was in it. I had to go there every this damn only, day Just, just on building it. You weren't there in it. I was a, there while it was a daycare. Were you? Yeah. It was terrible. It wasn't that bad. It was not fun. That's only because you're my kid. It was I not had, fun because I was too old to be in daycare. That's what all the grade schoolers thought, too. Grade school kids thought, no, I'm too old to be here. I was you, the oldest kid in the daycare. <laughs> you were still in grade school. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but I was old enough to be home by myself. That's what you thought. Oh, you could leave me at home by myself when you went to the bar, but it, not after school. Oh, that was just like a That's block. Different. That was a block away. That's I mean, different. It's only a block idea. away. Right? Yeah. And how many times did I come home going, oh, man, I knew better to leave him alone? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Probably quite a few. Uh, 
So you did the daycare for 18 years. It was a success, right? I mean, the, oh, tell uh, the haunted story. That's a good story. Like you quit working. I remember you quit working on the daycare for a whole year. Because of it. Yeah. yeah. Because of that incident. Yeah. So anyway, I was, <laughs> so, anyway. so anyway, yeah, back to the ghost story. Um, I was working under this counter and it was where it was going to be the office and I was laying underneath this thing prying on it snail I must have pried on it for 10 minutes because it was in some dry wood and it was just tough to get out and I finally reached up and I got it out and I reached and throwed it over the counter I was went back under there to do some more work and pretty soon this nail comes flying back into the room I'm thinking huh hi David I thought it was my buddy Kerner playing a joke on me hey David David so I thought okay he's being really funny I'll get up so I Got out, went around her. Huh, no David. Where the hell's he at? He's out in the parking lot. Sure he is. He's just carrying this a little too far. No no David's pickup. No David. <laughs> no nothing. I thought, oh, shit. Who threw that nail? There's just no way. Something threw that nail back in. But after that, I didn't go out here for about a year. Yeah, and finally, what I did, I had to get about two-thirds drunk. I took a six-pack of beer back out there and told this guy, whoever it was, that you have to leave me alone. Let me finish this project. I will finish it. Well, but you have you have a, a bunch of, I mean, there's a... Oh, there's a couple other stories, yeah, yeah, that go along with it. Yeah. And there was one when they moved, it's something. Well, because the, the one that really convinced me that there was something there was when I had these um, great, the grade school kids would come in after my first round of lunches and sat down at the table of themselves. Well, this, I think there was six of the kids had come in on the bus and sat down and we got them served. Well, one kid come in a little bit later because he had a doctor's appointment. So he sat at the other table. So I took him his lunch and uh, went back in the kitchen because I forgot to get him something to drink. And all of a sudden I hear him yell, hey. And I went back out and the other kids, six kids were still sitting at the table. And I looked at him and said, okay, who got up and moved his plate over to the side? Everybody said, nobody. And Which is what said, they would say. Well, of course, of course. But I asked the kid who said, hey. I said, so, okay, which one got moved the plate? He said, nobody. I said, so, <laughs> who moved the plate? I don't know, he says. <laughs> I went, oh, no. So I went over to the neighbor next door, who was the past master of the Grange for years and years and years. Oh, I forgot about him. And I sat down, that was, his name was Ivan. Yeah. And I sat down and said, Ivan, his wife, and... And we're sitting at the breakfast table, and I sat down and said, Hey, man, is there something really weird went on with that daycare over there? Because I said, I've had some strange things happen. And he kind of looks at his wife, and his wife says, You going to tell him? And uh, of course, then my curiosity is really aroused. And he looks at me and kind of chuckles. He says, Well, he says, The past master before me was up on the roof, and he fell off the roof, and we think he may have died on site. We don't know because when we got him to the hospital, he was announced dead. But we had weird things happen after that, too. I thought, damn, there is somebody in there. And Ivan said, Alan, he only plays jokes. I thought, okay, so it really is haunted. And it was funny because the only time he would show up was when I was doing construction on the building or doing any kind of rebuild or like I, at the time the kid had his plate moved, I was adding a gymnasium to the side of the building. And that's when the plate moved. So that was the only time he'd really messed with me is when, I think it was his way of saying, hey, okay, you're doing good. Everything's <laughs> going on. But, yeah, it was really weird. That's creepy and awesome at the same time. Yeah. I was, it, was, it was to the point I wouldn't go out there at night for a long time. It's like, no, 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 no. 
not doing it. And Nancy Stevenson, That's hilarious. my director, I told her about it, and she didn't believe me. So one day I walked in, and she was kind of looking sickly, you know, and I asked her, I said, Nancy, are you feeling okay? She says, you know, I wasn't going to tell you this because I didn't believe anything you said, but she said, I come in and opened it up and was putting some stuff away, and she said, I noticed somebody walked by me and walked into the girl's bathroom. And I thought, huh, who's that? So she said, I, hey, walked into the bathroom. There was nobody in there. She said, I am a believer now. <laughs> that's the end of this. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's the daycare stories. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. There's, uh, I have a lot of good daycare stories, but one of my favorites is the time that uh, my, uh, my little sister, her friend shows up, and you were put in the new cyclone fence. Oh, I've got a couple of good ones now. And she goes, oh, boy tearing across the the lawn to to see her friend out in the parking lot and she didn't see the pole oh yeah. and she clipped herself and yeah. just it was Wham. boom yeah. on her back yeah. just feet right ow. up underneath her <laughs> it was awesome yeah and then you know in the cartoons how um a person steps on a rake and it smacks them in the face <laughs> You're not going to tell this story. Yeah, I am. Oh, My yeah. dad is working on the mound system, which is a septic system. And uh, he's raking the gravel around, raking the gravel around. He sets the rake down. He goes to do something else. And I hear this, thwack! And I turn around just in time to see my dad with the, the rake still kind of teetering out at about 45 degrees. And him just going, just <laughs> seeing stars. It, I mean, it was straight out of the cartoon. It just took a rake. Right, right between face. the eyes, and yeah. it hit him so hard and so loud that I turned around from a good fifty feet away. Yeah. I mean, it was—it really stung me. <laughs> Holy shit, that's hilarious! But are you okay? <laughs> yeah. So you didn't catch the second time I done that? Huh? No, you did it twice. Yeah, there was another twice. another time. Yeah. So, and it's it, it's it's not that he left the rake tine side up, which you never do. Um, my ex-wife was doing lawn work one time and I'm like, you got to put the right tine side down. And she thought I was just being a dick. I'm like, no, this, you could really fucking hurt yourself. I know. But it was that one tool that didn't matter which way you put it. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> it there was, was tines uh, regardless what you did. Which, it was which, like, yeah. which direction it was. So, but oh, it was, yeah, it was an asphalt rake. It was an asphalt rake. That's what it was. Yeah. Asphalt <laughs> rake. It's really good. And then there was the time where you almost sent me to military school, uh, because I, uh, you know, you were working on something and uh, you, uh, me and my friends would ride down this big hill, which in hindsight is tiny little hill. And um, Amy J, which is my sister's name, uh, kept bugging me to go down the hill, bugging me to go down the hill. Can I ride bikes with brother? 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 Yes, you can go ride bikes with your brother. Josh, do not take her down that fucking hill. You may have even said fucking. And... Um, do not take her down the hill. Do not take her down the hill. Now, if you know my sister, she's the most persistent, obnoxiously persistent person on the planet. Brother, can I go down the hill? Brother, can I go down the hill? Brother, can I go down the hill? Brother, can I? Brother, 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 brother. Fine. Fuck Amy J. Fine. You can just, just, okay, I'll show you what to do. You put both hands on the brakes and you just ride the brakes all the way down the hill. Go as slow as you possibly can. And I go bombing down this hill, and I hear this crush, 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 crush. silence. Ah! I'm like, oh fuck, I am a dead man. <laughs> so uh, she had crashed her bike so hard. Uh, I don't know how she did it. She said she didn't grab the front brake, but she grabbed a handful of front brake. She grabbed a handful of front brake yep. and just ate yep. shit so hard. Twenty five stitches in her side. She's laying there bleeding all over the place. 
I have to ride back and be like, I, um, you know, the hill that you said, we just got to go. It took forever for you to get it out. <laughs> I mean, it was like, how can I tell dad this without him killing, uh, me, killing on me sight? <laughs> um, no, that was, that was brutal. Then you drug me in the hospital room and made them watch me. Made you watch made me, yeah. yeah, watch because them. Because it was still gravel embedded yeah, in her side. Scrubbing it out. And she's scrubbing it out. She was screaming. I said, you're going to watch every bit of this. Yeah. yeah, and then you took me home and smacked the shit out of me for a bit. And um, yeah. I just, I'd like to go on record and say it was Amy's fault. <laughs> I think it was a cooperation of both, myself. Uh, whatever. Amy gets you to do shit all the time. Well, I know, but it was, it was like, son, don't <laughs> do the hill. Don't do the hill. But like myself, and I can understand because I give in as you did at that moment. Yeah. I have enough, AJ. Well, That's see, enough. I'm, Fine, have your way. I'm much better about it now. And I think maybe that moment in time that I'm like, no, fuck you, Amy. <laughs> you know what happened last <laughs> that, time? That would be convincing. <laughs> no, AJ, you shouldn't always get your way. Yeah. I could get in trouble here. <laughs> yeah, it could end so really tell me, badly. So tell me, long as we're in the subject of sister, brother, tell me the story and... Alex wouldn't tell me the story. Oh, great. Who knocked the computer stand over that AJ took the blame for? Alex. Alex knocked it over? It was Alex. That's why he wouldn't tell me. Yeah, it was him. He asked me, he said, do you ever know who knocked that over? I said, yeah, Josh. And he says, no. I said, so who knocked it over, Alex? Uh, nah. If they haven't told you yet, I'm not going to tell you. No, we came tearing down the stairs, and I jumped off, or Amy jumped off the side of the stairs. I jumped off the side of the stairs. And Alex jumps off the side of the stairs and tries to make the loudest noise he possibly could. He's like, oh, I thought that's what we were doing. He jumps off the stairs and fucking, I mean, the whole house shakes. And it just goes, and everything just off the side of it. And this is at a time when, you know, computers were like, we were cool for having a computer in the house. We were really cool. Really cool for having a computer in the house. And he just destroys the whole fucking setup. And it man we were so, I remember coming we got home in going, so much fucking trouble all oh, the time <laughs> yeah and you wondered why I left you alone didn't want to leave you alone <laughs> I had to go get drunk in order to leave you alone oh okay okay that's, that works that's a good reason <laughs> yeah that's that's great yeah I'll remember that for my therapy section next week <laughs> turns out it was my fault it was my fault <laughs> uh, so you quit the daycare and you decided to oh. go into the restaurant oh don't business. go there <laughs> you decided to go into the restaurant business so why don't you pick back up on that and okay we're going back we're up gonna a little my bit childhood here. Alone. yeah we're going back up a little bit here though i I'm, I'm a lot like my my son is a lot like my I, me i guess because if you tell me i can't do something that's oh my god enemy. there's so many stories that we could talk about i mean about that. just do not tell me i can't do something so i had this wild hair that aberdeen needed a really nice steakhouse so I go to the bank and say, hey, I'd like to do this. And they laugh at me. And they say, Alan, there's two things we don't loan against. It's daycares and restaurants. And I looked at Mike and I said, Mike, I had the most successful daycare probably in Washington State. I've done really well with it. Never done it before. Didn't have a clue what I was up against. I said, so now you're telling me I can't do a restaurant. Well, that's what we're telling you. I said, okay, fine. I'll do this out of my pocket. So I did. And he was right. I couldn't do it. I was. I learned a lesson the hard way. Well, you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Well, no, to, that was just summarized the whole thing. You got to get better at, at telling a story here. Okay. Um, that I mean that no, it's a much longer story than that. Well, yeah, it's a four-year story, but so we this, haven't got time. This is. I do get this from my dad, and if you do tell me I can't do something, because it's a challenge. It's a cha- It's a challenge, even yeah. if it's just challenge heard that way. 
Um, he's done everything from build it, everything I can remember is mostly race car related. I'm sure there's more to it. Oh yeah, I mean like yeah, a carbureted actually, sprint car that couldn't compete with fuel injected sprint cars. Bullshit. I can make it work. Uh, a inline straight six uh, competing with V8 race cars. And it kicked butts out everybody's yeah. butt. And uh, and now a restaurant. So, um, I mean, there's there's got to be more to this this story well, about it was, how yeah. you wanted to go into the restaurant. I business. wanted to go in the restaurant business because I like cooking steaks. I well, like it steaks. started as a grill your own steak restaurant in, right. in the concept phase. Right, right. With insurances, we're going. Nope, can't do that. We're not going to let you have a fire. People grill their own steaks. Well, I mean, it's uh, done other places, right? Well, yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, isn't that where you got the idea? Was from? Yeah, and that was mid Midwest is where I got the idea from a place called Utters. Utters. Yeah. Where in the Midwest uh, is Utters? Um, um, it sounds like a titty bar. Just it does, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Knoxville. Was it Knoxville, like a Hooters? Iowa. Huh? Was it like a Hooters? No, not at all. There was no tits oh. flopping. It was just Utters. That was. Well, that's like named after cow utters, utterly disappointing. Yeah, no, it was. Um, <laughs> it was a big place that had these great big huge barbecue pits that they just dumped big sacks of briquettes in. And I think I've seen it on the Food Network channel. Yeah, it's pretty like cool. That. Yeah, and huh. between having and it's not so much the reliability people burning themselves. It was having a big fire pit inside liability. of an enclosed <laughs> building. Liability. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, so that's what, that's what started it basically was that concept and it didn't work out that way. So I just bought an old wore out building and being that I like rebuilding things so much. You bought BJ's. It was one of the inspirations behind bottoms up in hindsight. Was it? Well, yeah, it was really hard to get a drink there when I was busy. You never seemed to have a problem. Well, I was friends with the bartenders. Oh, okay. I see. (laughs) Does pay to have friends. Well, yeah, no wonder it closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I didn't want another bar. I mean, Aberdeen had plenty of bars. They just didn't have a good place to eat. It's all Aberdeen can have is dive bars. Oh. I swear you should have. I mean, I know you wanted out of the business, but Dave's dive bar would have just killed it. Yeah, and I believe. But the, the nicest dive bar on the harbor. I was threatened to be divorced if I had done so. <laughs> Which in hindsight, I should have done anyway. <laughs> should have done anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So, um, this restaurant, my dad is a bit of a perfectionist. If he were building a box, the inside of the a box that you couldn't open, the inside of the box would look just as good as the outside of the box. Um, that's one thing I learned early on that wasn't completely necessary. So that's a lesson I took from you and learned without having to do it myself. Maybe I learned it in the sign business. Well, I think you learned it. As, as Farron came out and said, Hey, we need to make money on this. The outside needs to look good. The inside, it doesn't have to be shiny. Like, you you don't, it, it's going to have sign faces in it, Josh. Well, yeah, I know. I hear that all the time, too. But it's like, no, I'm the one that has to see this. I'm the one doing this. So oh, that's I'm, funny. Because remember that day you were up on the hood of the stove oh, oh. or the oven, sanding, uh, trying to fix a spot in the wall. And I'm like, what are you doing? Nobody can see that. And you're like, I can see it. And then you got down. And couldn't find it anymore? I know. Straight back one. <laughs> Where the hell did it go? Oh, I did such a good job. I hit it. I did such a good job. <laughs> but the inside of this place looked amazing. If you went back in time and did it again, wouldn't you have spent more time on the outside? No, I would have never done any of it. Like, if you went back in time, I would have never done any of it. Yeah, but if you wanted to make it successful, what would you change? I mean, that's the whole idea about failing is we learn from it. Um, I mean, so if you take away from it 
screw the restaurant business. I don't want anything to do with it. Or if you wanted to go back about doing a successful restaurant, what would you do differently? Not hire a partner. Not hire a partner. Okay. Partner was the big one. Um, Maybe more diligence in your partner. Yes, more so. Because sometimes you need partners. Never had one before. Well, okay. Well, Um, that was my downfall. (laughs) Um, I think... I would have spent as much time. Here. I would have spent as much time in the outside as I did the inside, and but I, it was fun having a lot of people walk into the place going, "Holy shit!" Yeah, but did you had I to just get them in there. Do a time warp, huh? You had to get them in there. Well, we were getting them in there pretty well for a while, <laughs> and until everything started falling apart on the harbor, and then somebody yeah, blame the economy. There's always a way. Oh no, the economy has a lot to play with anything. No, you sound like Uncle Perry. Well, <clears throat> statistically speaking. The restaurant business is not really uh, the easiest one to break into if you're going to do something. It is not the easiest thing to break it's, into. Uh, it's probably got the most closures of any business, right? That and I um, wonder, do you think that's because it is so hard or because people think it is so easy? I think it's probably a combination of both. Um, people, I, I mean, I know a few people who've gone into the restaurant business and seemingly did everything right and still failed. And I know other people that went in and absolutely had no fucking clue what they were doing. And <laughs> of course they failed. Um, the I mean, ones that make it, sometimes it's just luck. Sometimes it's, it's I don't location, know. It's, location, yeah. location. And then... Well, it's more than that. It's location. It's a lot of things. I mean, I, I, I technically work in the restaurant business and I want nothing to do with with owning a restaurant. It well, at does least not, you learned that much from me. <laughs> I don't know. I've been in thousands of them now. I mean, just working in what I do and... It's it's a tough gig. Well, I mean, and sometimes yeah. what's hot today, in three months, people abandon it because they're on to the next big thing. Especially in this, this I guess, newer style of economy where people are looking for the next big uh, foodie type place to eat. Yeah, there, um, there's a... Well, we have in Indianapolis here, we're... And maybe this is wrong because I don't read the ratings, but I would say that we're highly underrated as far as the quality of our restaurants. I believe Condé Nast, uh, their travel guide, rated Indianapolis the most underrated uh, food city. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing restaurants all over the place. I mean, in the area I live, the I mean, the what is it, just north of downtown is an up-and-coming... Right. I mean, every block there's a new restaurant that is kicking the shit out of the, the restaurant that was... Right. Yeah. So it's a highly competitive Well, that is what I was going to say. I don't think a lot of people realize how many variables there is in the restaurant business. I mean, it's anywhere from the pricing of your food. I mean, my biggest problem was that the the meat, because of the droughts, drove the prices of steaks just sky high. And you can't stick that to a ticket. you got to figure out where to where to cushion it some. Well, that's... I mean, I went, when I went into the business, I was paying like $4.50 a pound for for good meat, for choice meat. And when I closed the doors, we were like $9 a pound. You can't absorb that through a ticket. No. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different variables that will break a restaurant that I didn't realize even existed. Right. Well, if, I mean, if I were to go back in time and do your restaurant over, since you don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad memory, son. <laughs> Is you, you, in hindsight, you didn't really do an evaluation of your market in the first place. Uh, evidently not. <laughs> no, <laughs> evidently I mean, not. Steakhouse in Grace Harbor. Sounds like a great idea. Everybody says they want it. Well, and that's just it. I mean, if there's no good restaurants often? in the harbor, you figure if you put one in place, it's like they'll say, build it, they will come. That's not the case. No, but everybody everybody in the harbor says they want a steakhouse. 
Well, everybody in the general. harbor says they want a fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Like, you just wouldn't it be nice if we had that? And everybody's like, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, they said forever they wanted a Wendy's and we're finally going to get one. Is there a Wendy's finally going? Yeah. You know what? Wendy's is probably going to kill it. Because I'm sure they're, they're selling cheap ass taco. That that Taco Bell is the number one Taco Bell in the state. I know that because we did the sign package on the Taco Bell. Really? Yeah. Mm. Insane. I'm, I think I'm insane. starting to get a, a visual of what's going on here. If you don't even have a Wendy's and you're looking for the greatest steak place ever, well, <laughs> right, exactly. And we're at the harbor where the economy's bad, and we got a lot of. Dive bars thrive. The more your bathroom smells like urine in the harbor, the better you're going to do. The more people that are going to come in? Yeah. Oh, boy. I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just saying like the the whole, if you turn it into a dive bar that wasn't really a dive bar, I think it would have done really well. No, I think your concept before, before it closed the doors is... um, Let's turn it into a dive bar, Dad. Let's give the people what they want. The Dirty Dan's idea was great. Dive bar Dave's. Dive bar Dave's, the tagline would have been Metallica played here once because Metallica did play there once. Mm -hmm. I remember that. It was during the Metallica Motherload tour. You may remember that. Um, And that's where it was Louis, I think, at the time. It was Louis. Yeah. Gantry. I I don't know. It's been a lot of things. But it was just a shitty old what what seventies. Now it's a now it's a teriyaki teriyaki place, yeah. Which also is another thing that can survive in the harbor. But you're not Asian enough to pull that off. No, no. Oh, well, it's funny because they have Hispanics in here cooking all the food. There's a large Mexican population yeah. in the harbor too. I guess that's another thing that's done well. Mazatlan has always done well. I in don't the harbor. get that one. There's not a lot of Mexican food places. Well, it's not a lot of steakhouses. I think it's a price point to what you can make it for type of thing. Back to, yes. That's why Wendy's is going to kill it because it's right. a price point thing. Yeah. So. Well, and you're right. I did not do no <laughs> research. I just had you somebody didn't do tell shit. me like, I'm going to do this. I do this. <laughs> the guy at the bank said, you can't do it. And you said, fuck yeah, I can. <laughs> I can, I can. Screw the research. I'm doing it. money to do this. I will do this. <laughs> it's getting done. It's getting steakhouse. done. Steakhouse. And uh, Bridges is closed now, too, isn't it? Yeah. Is Billy's the only thing that's on the And notes? they're on the verge. Are they? Yep. That's sad. Billy's has been around forever. I loved the, the nudie girls that were in that one side of the bar when I was little. The picture's on the wall. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whore, old, old-timey old whorehouse pictures. I thought we were back at Terry's when it was BJ's. No, it wasn't BJ's then. When it was, it was, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a topless, my place used to be a topless place. Maybe... I it shouldn't be a person's name because it's always been a person's name. Mm, too late to think about that now. It's cursed. At, at Ida's. Then it was what? What the one? What did I? Louis. Louis Gantry's. Um, BJ's, BJ's. And then Terry's. And then Terry's. Yeah, that's it's terrible. Oh, you were going to name it Dirty Dan, so we were still dive, dive Bar Dave's. I like I put Dirty Dive Bar in front of that. Oh. Dirty Dan's. No, Dive Bar Dave's. Anyway, <laughs> so now what are you doing, Dad? I'm hanging out with my son. Are you? Yeah, I'm retired. <laughs> How's, how, how much longer are you going to be retired? Uh, not much, I hope. It's really boring. It's not what people brag it up to be. What are you going to do? I don't know yet. I'm going to go home and think about that. Oh, there's a lot of foam there. There's a lot of foam. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have, I don't know. I'm going to go finish my street rod. After I finish the street rod. Well, street rods yeah. cost money. <laughs> uh, well, no, I know that. But I've got, I've got this in here just about finished. And that was the one I sold the business or sold the sold building. I said, finish the street rod. Then 
finish the things that I never got done around the house for a couple of years. Cause the I house looks great. Too busy to finish the, yeah, I have to finish little, little, little things. What year did the restaurant close? Mm, Last year, wasn't it? Just, yeah, about two years ago total. Was it two? Yeah. So before this beautiful table got built. <clears throat> it was, yeah. I was retired basically when this table got built. This was my, actually, my, actually my first retirement project right here. Yeah. I mean, you, you basically closed the doors and then headed on out. And headed over here. And yeah. lived here for a month-ish. Well, yeah, I pawned myself onto you for a month. I said I'd be here for a couple of weeks. And it was a week, and then you stayed for a month, which was fine. Yeah, I had a great time because we never get along, and now we get along great, which is fantastic. took a month to build a lifetime relationship. <laughs> I think it took time for some egos to settle down on both sides of the I have fence. to agree, yes. Yeah. Huh. Neither one of us will still listen to one another, but we still get along really well. <laughs> That's okay. We don't have to listen to one another. That's the best part yeah. about it. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you listen to me. You don't give a shit if I listen to you. Right? <laughs> What's, what the fuck good. does it matter? Yeah. Before it was, I'm not going to listen to you. And I was like, you will listen to me. Yeah. Wow. Now we have a whole new concept. Well, I had to. I mean, I lived in your house. And, the, you know, that we came to we came to term. Or we came oh, to, yeah. We came to terms there. Came to blows on that. And I'm like, and why did this. you why did you move out? What, what spawned that? Other than you being a giant asshole? Oh, I'd say medium-sized <laughs> asshole. I don't know if I was giant. Um, <laughs> but, no, I had a girl spend the night when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After he was asked several times, do not take her up to the bedroom. Your little sister's room is right next door. <laughs> and then I walked in on this. Oh, my God, Josh. He was I jealous. I That's was all you. I was fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Dale Underwood told me that quite a few years later. He was like, your dad didn't kick you out because he was mad. He kicked you out because he was jealous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told him about it. Damn, you had a senior, Dale. <laughs> but I had to act really pissed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you fucking pervert. <laughs> she was 19, dad. No, 18, dad. <laughs> well, then I was only... That's legal. No, so, yeah. she was 17. Oh, just took it out. Was she 17? No, no, you were out of school. No, I was not out of school. Yeah, you were. How do you think you? I wouldn't let you leave school, leave house without you being out of school. You were out of it, school. It was then. It was the summer I was out of school. Probably. No, because we we were in school. That was a school day. Okay, we can disagree. It, we can agree I'm to disagree. It was a school day. It had to be right. No, it was not. It was not. I would never kick you out during school. Your mom would have haunted me forever. Mm. Mm-mm. I would agree. It was the summer of, because you were right. Yeah. It was 2001. It had to be. Well, it was summer of. Huh. I don't know. Then I went and lived with Alex. That was great. Yeah. Until his his mom kicked me out of there, and then I had to... <laughs> wow, we have a consistency going say, here. I see a pattern. It yeah. wasn't, I see a pattern here. Did she find you in a room, fault. too? No, it was, it was Alex's brother's fault. He was jealous that Alex, all Alex's friends lived there, so me and Steve... And Alex were the roommates in this house along with Alex's brother Andy and uh, Alex's brother Andy was upset that he didn't give any, get to have any friends live there so every chance he got he would call his mom and complain about Steve Alex and I so or mom they're drinking at the house I mean he'd be the one that buy the beer and then he'd call his mom and complain that we were underage drinking. drinking at the house like, Jesus, Andy, what the fuck? But still, to go back to uh, what you were you talking to uh, Alan about, which was um, 
You can't blame the economy. You can't blame outside <laughs> factors. Thank you. You were the one that ruined the restaurant. You were the one that got kicked out. So, um, yeah. Boy, I'm glad I got help here. <laughs> Brad, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I got myself kicked out of the house. I did, but, you know. Could you write that down for me, please, and sign it? What? That you got yourself kicked out of the house? Not our house. The other oh, house. Damn. <laughs> that was close. And it was fine. I would never change a thing. Wasn't a, you know? Wasn't you say that thing. all the time. You would never change a thing. Is there anything that you would have changed? No. Really? Because I am who I am now, and I'm fucking awesome. That's what it says on that magnet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? It says right it's on your magnet, magnet. Maker of awesome. And I can only assume he's talking about me. That's what I said. <laughs> I, I can only assume I'm talking about you, son, because you're damn awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I stepped off uh, the uh, the fun part of it and handed it over to your mom. To, so she had a lot to do with that. What do you mean? Or is making you, bringing you into this world, I suppose. Yeah, but she only helped till she till I was seven. Yeah. Or eight. Seven or eight. That's I when I know. threw you in the tumbler and rough, knocked off all the rough edges. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were like, fend for yourself. <laughs> yeah, good job. You said you wanted to make me independent. I think it worked out pretty good. I feel Probably like more. this is a therapy session. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. How are we doing on time, speaking of? We have uh, to get him to the airport. What time do you need to leave? I don't know. Four-ish. When we got 40 minutes. Sweet. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> Let me think here. I don't know that there is anything. No, I'm totally happy with all of it. You're happy with all of it? Yeah. Or were you trying to find stuff to complain about? No, God, no. God, no. <laughs> I can find those. I don't want to look for them. I'm trying to look for the ones that... What's the funnest want. thing you've done? I mean, in all those... Wait, never mind. I got a really good story. No, never mind. Well, we went from fun things to you have a good story. <laughs> well, it's a so what my dad has spent a lot of time like protecting me from or tr- thinking he was anyway of his debauchery. My dad is a complete fucking maniac. I, you you can't hide it anymore. He's, you're completely. I mean, I've I've heard stories from your friends. I've heard all kinds of shit, and uh, you know, Mark West has told me a lot of good stories about all the shit and trouble you guys would get into. And uh, one of my favorites is that he got pulled over drunk driving and he couldn't, he couldn't think of who, who am I going to call? And this is the time there's no cell phones. So he, the cop somehow, how did he call, even call? Was it a payphone by the side of the road? I know, but he, he got pulled over and this is the time when you could get pulled over drinking and driving and you could, Hey, call a sober buddy to come get you. And you know, just don't do it. And, he gets hold of my dad. Problem is, my dad is as drunk or drunker than Mark is. My dad shows up, you know, I mean, you should hear Mark tell the story. It's just epic of how you pulled up. You were very clearly intoxicated just witnessing you drive up. <laughs> and then you get out, and now the officer has to decide who's, Who the, so- home? who's, who's the soberest, soberest of the two <laughs> to let you guys drive home. Absolutely. Well, yeah. we would have had to explain himself as why he let a drunk drive up to pick another drunk up. So you had to make a choice of which drunk got to drive home. And then there's the, the story about um, you going into the gas station with, you know, powdered donut all over your face on your way down to California to raise Odysseys. Um, do you want to tell that story? Oh, no. That's, <laughs> I'm sure you heard a better version than I can tell. 
but there's so I've heard all of these stories and 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 me and my dad have had a little bit of a checkered past when it comes to getting along on a friendship level. It's always been very father son type relationship, and he finally comes out to Indiana after three years of me trying to get him to come out here, and um, <clears throat> over some stupid bullshit in hindsight, and he gets out here and he's out here, Warren who. All of you, if you've watched all the episodes, met in one of the early episodes, um, which is one of my employees and very good friends and roommate. And uh, I, it's it's the first night you're there. It's the first night we've hung out in a long time. And uh, my dad gets into an argument with Warren's dad. And oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be and, good. And. <laughs> And they're arguing, and Warren's dad is a lot like Warren in that he says things so damn confidently that you'll believe what he's saying just with the with the confidence in which he says it. It's a hell of a talent, and you know it takes a little bit of learning to wade through the bullshit. Well, Rocky is going off about um, one of your guys' mutual friends of whether he's an A-man or a B-man as a longshoreman. So an A-man is just higher up the totem pole. And uh, my dad's like, no, he's a B-man. Rocky's like, who is this longshoreman? Uh, no, he's an A-man. And this confrontation's going back and forth, back and forth. My dad's like, he's my best friend. Like, I know he's a B-man. And Rocky's a longshoreman who works with him. And he's saying, no, he's an A-man. So this is back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, Rocky's got his fucking pants around his ankles. And he's like, you're going to suck my dick if you're wrong. You're going to pay me $100 and you're going to suck my dick. He's fucking, I'm like rubbing his, he's got his belly out. He's in his underwear. I'm like, okay, okay, this has got to stop. Dad, give me your phone. I'm going to call Dale right now and I'm just going to ask him whether or not he's an A man or a B man. And I can see my dad starting to doubt himself. I know. All of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, please didn't turn into an A man while I was gone and you never said something to me. (laughs) Or I'm going to be giving somebody a (laughs) blowjob. Oh, please. So um, (laughs) they're standing in the kitchen. I have my dad's phone. I'm like, hey, Dale, it's Josh Springer. How you doing? He's like, oh man, long time no here. I'm like, never mind about that. We catch up later. Hey, are you an A man or a B man? He's like, well, I'm a B man. Before I can even realize what's going on, my dad has got his pants around his ankles and for some reason has never worn underwear his whole life. So he's got his dick just hanging out. And he starts fucking whipping it back and fucking forth, back and forth. You're going to suck my dick. You're going to fucking suck my dick. You're going to fucking suck my dick. He's fucking screaming it at Rocky and Rocky's just like, no underwear, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh my god, we're 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 three hours into this, and I just saw my dad slanging his dick all over my. Fucking well, it was it was hilarious because he had it coming. I mean, he was. I way... didn't have it coming. Well, yeah, I suppose not. That was pretty rude for you. But I let him off the hook. I said, okay. You but I'm like, you yeah, don't have to I'm... give me a blowjob. You don't have to pay me. What's the saying? And you like sa- father, like son. Yeah. And you said, no, you're gonna at least pay him, Rocky. Yeah. You tried to forgive the debt. I'm like, yeah. I wanted to see him give you a blowjob at this point. I've been, I didn't want that to happen. I've been being tortured by you no, two for no. the last two hours. Oh my God. You know what? But that was probably how you created a pretty good friendship because I, him and I get along awesome. Oh, he's a great guy. No, Once great you guy. get over great his guy to be absolute abrasiveness. Very abrasive, especially when he's been drinking. He gets way more abrasive. Oh, yeah. No, he's yeah. a great guy. Though. No. Big heart. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's when I was like, yep. Yeah, me and my dad are a lot more alike than 
<laughs> people ever yeah would ever understand well that's how i was able to stay a whole month after it was mm-hmm. supposed to be a week it's like oh dad you're not too bad to be and that's why i fit in so well i mean so that's why i was able to keep up with you guys yeah yeah you fit in yeah. with the group great no i mean i drank a 50 whiskey by myself pretty much and i was up the next day doing great dad yeah. how in the hell did you do that <laughs> not a problem son i know how you did it. it's genetics is it is genetics? Yeah, where do you my think son, you my son from? calls me from where? Africa, Germany. It's been a couple different places now. Couple Germany places. or Africa. My first call was, Dad, I want to thank you so much. And before it finishes, I'm thinking to myself, he finally appreciates what I've done for him. And I get this, <laughs> thank you, Dad, so much for giving me the ability to drink like I do. I'm thinking that is not what I was expecting, but. What the hell? I'll take what I can get. So <clears throat> how do you guys explain then uh, the text I got on, was it Monday or Sunday? It was Monday um, when we were supposed to record the show. Uh, can we move it? None of us are doing very well today. Well, everybody was dragging. I didn't mean that we weren't doing very well. Like we went to the lake and we just kind of hung out and I don't know. We were supposed to do this Monday? Oh, did you do the race? What? Were you at the race? No. Okay. It was so just you... a private ski lake. Nice. No, I was doing great. You were doing great. I was not in the mood. I may have exaggerated everyone. You did exaggerate <laughs> everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rocky was really bad. Rocky was he in was bad, bad shape. shape. Warren was in bad shape. No, we we had been on it since Thursday night. Well, I had figured that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people know, but uh, Memorial Weekend in Indianapolis is just one big party all the way through well friday is a company holiday for my company so it's a four-day weekend for me and my employees so anybody that wants to go to carb day can because it's such an epic party and you know you shut down on thursday and you tie it on and in order to go to carb day you got to be up at six in the morning so you're drinking again by well seven and that goes until i mean it's just insane it's an absolute well carb day is the big huge uh you know uh a party then you've got Saturday, did they have something at the track on Saturday? They have they have a concerts at the track on Saturday, but Saturday we have an annual driveway party, so it's and then I had a day thing at a at flat twelve. So right. I went day drinking at flat twelve and then we went home to the driveway party, which went until the the, the AM and then you gotta get up that early again to go to the five hundred. But even if you're not at the five hundred, you're not at the track, you're not doing carb day, basically all of those things exist in Indy, so therefore you can drink wherever you want, whenever you want, and it's a big party because, well, it's Carb Day. It's Fuck Carb it. Day, Woo! yeah. You know, when You're not first, at the track. I don't care. I said Carb Day. I didn't put it together, and I should be in that. I'm a motorhead, but I mean, Carb Day. So we're going to sit out there and eat pasta all day? What the hell? I don't get it. <laughs> you know, it dawned on me. Running the marathon tomorrow. <laughs> but, but, you know, you say Carb Day was a party day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold a candle to Sunday. Sunday is the party day for well, yeah, hell. It's but, amazing. Basically, carb day on, you're pretty much getting yourself ready for Sunday. You're, yeah, you're, you're starting day. to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for everybody. Not just the cars, but the, the And then drinking. by the time Monday comes around, you're dead. Yeah. Dead when, of the world. When we, um, when we pulled into the track Sunday morning, there were people that were fall down drunk walking into the track. I mean, there were... Sunday? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, last year when Rocky and I walked... <laughs> Because we came in later and we were walking through the, the pit area to get to the, the infield where you guys were. At 9 o'clock or 9.30, the aid units that they got made out of these long golf carts were already hauling people back that were passed out to the 
to the aid unit. So yeah. I'm thinking nine o'clock and you people are already in this kind of At shape. At 7 a.m. I watched two people fall down drunk on the way in. Wow. It was a literally fall down drunk. Like they fell down while we were driving by them. So, so was, they were drinking all night prior to. Well, they had, had to be. Been, yeah. They, or yeah. they just never sobered up. From, See, from I, the last, okay. So I understand it for like Indy 500 because some of those people were probably, um, you know, in the RV lots and stuff like that, partying all night through. Uh, one time in Chicago, I went to a music festival in Chicago, three day music festival. Day one, we're walking in like gates open right now. So there's an hour or two hours before music even starts. And I'm walking through the parking lot and there's some girl just passed out drunk and her friends are having to deal with it. And we're talking day one. You haven't even gotten into the venue yet. <laughs> like that is unacceptable because there's no real RV lots. There's nothing to, yeah. you know, party no no tailgating but with the uh, 500 that's that's to be expected i mean you're up the night before just getting hammered and you just drag them over to the rv put them in bed and go to the race it's absolutely amazing that it and then when you leave it's like the cops just go off duty i mean they're there to make sure traffic moves smoothly but well it's like you said they don't want to riot they're not going to stop anybody i rode you drove home from carb day and i rode like this laying flat across flat the across back. the back of all the camping gear in the back of the car that thank you for driving so carefully because that was higher than the level of the sides of the car so you know that's why i never squealed around the corner so i knew my kid was just going to tumble <laughs> off into the street i was like nope can't do that to him it was uh, absolutely amazing we're driving home from the indy 500 we're we're throwing i found a case of uh ham's beer, ham's beer. as we're leaving and uh, we're driving next to somebody and we're throwing him these Ham's beers. And he takes two of the cans of Ham's beers and smashes them in front of his face. The guy driving the car, both cans explode and just fill his fucking cab full of foam and beer. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But man, that's going to suck for him. <laughs> oh, to clean that out of his home, boy. It had to be terrible. I mean, foam all over his windshield. All over, all over him. <laughs> all over him. All over his friends. It was outstanding. Yeah. And cops everywhere, just watching everybody shuffle out. Yeah, well, the first year I couldn't understand why they weren't doing anything. Then it was dawn. It'll be total pandemonium if oh, they started absolutely. pulling people over. Yeah. Everybody panic and try to get away. Yeah, no, you gotta, and you're going five miles an hour to get out of there anyway. True, so it's, true. I, yeah, I mean, it would be way worse if you tried to. Oh, you know, I try. I went home and tried to explain it to my friends, and it's just it's impossible to explain. My son tried to explain it to me to get me to come over here. You know, he did a great job explaining, but it wasn't even a tenth of what was really in as a visual. You can't you describe just, uh, it. You can't describe 400,000 people in no. one spot. No, I mean, right there at the last year at the race, and I walked the first five feet up the berm, and I looked around, and the full length of the berm, there was these whiskey bottles and wine bottles and beer bottles still half full, laying down on the ground. Going, half full? What are these people just dumping them? Well, some and of those another, are pissed, but you know. <laughs> well, you get another five or ten feet up on the on, up the berm, and then all these people are just passed out, with arms out, where they let go of the bottle. They just <laughs> and the bottles the bottle. down the hill. Yeah, so you wade through that minefield of bodies, and it's like now I'm to the sober ones that are, are trying to stand up, the more sober ones, and then you got to push your way through. They're those, like, like whole yeah, swaying around, leaning against each other to stay up. It's yeah. like holy crap! I think the best one was that poor bastard laying on the ground. Face down, bare naked, with a flag stuck in his asshole, sticking straight up. That was last year. That was last year. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was amazing. like that was it. That was like America. Wow, this is only in America. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, but they're it's they just it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I've never seen a bigger group of that inebriated of people. Yeah, 
Yeah, 400,000, there's 150 in the infield drinking and partying. And out of that 150, 100 of them are drunk. 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 Yeah, drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, drunk isn't the right word. No, it's fantastic. You can bring in all your own booze. I had to deal with excise. That was good. Apparently, you're not supposed to bring kegs into the infield, but what are they going to do once they're in? Well, and I understood that when you were blanketing them up, going, huh? They obviously know that they're not supposed to have full-blown kegs in here. They're yeah, because Exxon told us that the day before. Mm. So, Well, you did that last year, too. You covered them up. Well, we probably did it for insulation purposes last mm, okay. year. I wasn't trying to hide it. I didn't I didn't realize it until they told me that you couldn't. So, Oops. Know. Party on. What? Kegs. Party <laughs> on. <laughs> no keg, no Mark Braska. Right? Yeah. yeah. My other we son. We got to keep Mark Braska away from here. My long lost brother. Brother, yeah. Yeah. I knew there was, I knew your mom had a bigger tummy than I thought. That guy's a handful. Oh boy. <laughs> Glad I'm not dealing with him. Yeah. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I'm proud of him though. Are you? He has shorts, I think, more than him. Yeah. He did a good shorts job of getting on the news. He was on the cover of USA Today. Uh, he was on the front page of the Indie Star. He was all over social media <laughs> so tell everybody where they can catch your brother oh i don't think i don't think this will be up in time for that but oh. um you can check out hammer and nigel episode what's it gonna be i don't know yeah it'll be yeah everybody's got 270 something i think 270 something mark braska yeah josh's twin brother yes m-a-r-k-b-r-a-s-k-a I think, though, my son here could not wear shorts that short without his testicles hanging out. So his brother has <laughs> shorter testicles. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's that was that's a good show. You want to call it quits? You want anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I'm thinking not. We've covered pretty much all of my embarrassment. No, I'm sure we haven't. No, that might be another show. Oh, no, I asked you what, what was the funnest of your ventures, and we got sidetracked. I started, I, got, I moved on to you whipping your dick out story <laughs> instead of you answering that's that a question. fun adventure that was, i would say right there yeah. is a fun adventure i mean like profitable or just for fun no not profitable what was your funnest business adventure the odysseys yeah yeah i could see that the odysseys and having all my own hydraulic equipment the shells and things that i could just get up and throw logs around and the wood splitter you built was really cool that was pretty that was pretty good yeah that's i mean that favorite. was a creation of like Basically, like your bottoms up, it was built out, built out of a need. I mean, these log yards had all these stumps they didn't know what to do with them. In order for me to get the contracts, because they'd had people in there creaming them already, and they left all the junk behind, and that's why I got the stumpage so cheap. And so I ended up with all these stumps thinking, how in the hell am I going to get rid of these? I know, I'll create the world's largest, largest log splitters. Which is, splitter. isn't it still working today? Like, Yeah, they use it actually to crush cars. Yeah, guy bought it to crush cars. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, they, Have you seen it crush a car? No, I heard about it because I gave it to Roger Burton to use in his log business. And I sold it to him. And I asked him what he did with it. And he said he sold it to another guy because he, he thought it'd make a great car crusher. And it does, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has, think about it, it has two big blades on it, right? Well, it, it has to be fun to watch because it, it has crushes to be at the same time to split to it all up pieces. When I come home in August, we should hunt it down hunt and it see down if we can it, yeah. crush a car. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I took a log stacker and divided it into many pieces and no prints, no nothing, just out of my head. Just said, oh, no, I'm going to build this log split. That's the best way to build it. And I had people say, it's not going to work. 
the fact the guys that Theme were here. welding it together <laughs> saying we've built splitters before springer this is not going to work why did they say it wasn't going to work i mean it's just because, the fucking pressure well yeah it's point. just a pressure well i was feeding the pressure off of a pto off of a v8 motor that was in that international truck and they said you can't do it i think if you get gear reduction right with the right rpm why won't it work it has to work yeah it has to work. It did. It worked great. You just build this great big two-stage pump, so when it hit the first stage, it just kicked down and built more pressure, and it'd push it through. I remember pushing this. It was probably a six-foot spruce stump. It was the nastiest thing in my log yard. thought I'm going to test it. So a, a, spruce, a, a spruce stump is like, it might as well be a block of fucking steel. It's, might as well, pretty much, especially it's, when it's about five years old and all dried up. Yeah, it's And I remember gnarly. watching that beam that we built, that I built, I watched it probably flex six or eight inches, and I'm thinking it is going to bend this beam. All of a sudden, it popped, and it pushed it through. And I thought, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ah, I proved them all wrong. Where did you get it from? <laughs> I proved I them all wrong. Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That log splitter was really cool. That'd be a fun project. How long did that take you to build? Took two months. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because we bought a log, a forty. Wagner log stacker that was in a shake mill. It didn't have no motor in it. And I drove by it and I looked at Elvis, the guy who worked for me. I said, there's my log splitter. And he looked at me like, what? I said, there's my log splitter. And we hired a low boy to go get it, brought it to the old gas station, Carl's gas station. And I started assembling it. What's a shake mill for everybody listening? To this shake, mill a shake mill is a, a mill where you take cedar logs and you saw them to 16 inch length blocks. And you run them through a splitter that makes shingles for your house. Also known as a finger removal mill. <laughs> yep. Lots of guys didn't have fingers. <laughs> what do you do? Cut. They could hold their hands up. You'd be like, cut shakes. Okay. Yep. What do you do for a living? <laughs> cut shakes. <laughs> so yeah, so many fingerless shake cutters. The great Northwest. Does Terry still cut shakes? Is that what he's still doing? No, his not. Uh, the demand for shakes when the economy took a crap. The demand for shakes and shingles went downhill. And then insurance companies would not let you put them on the roofs anymore. Yeah, I know in California you can't have yeah, a shake roof. It just it actually, even Which in Which makes all the sense in the world. Right, yeah. Let's have the 4th of July not near my roof, you won't. <laughs> yeah, no, man. Uh-uh. Cedar burns so really well. fast, especially when people oil them to keep the water from. They really go up in infernos. Yeah. No. Well, it's like my house. I mean, it's all cedar shingles, and I oil it with pretty much oil every five years just keep it just you know, keep the water shedding off of it anytime you know fire gets close to the yeah, house yeah I run like hell just gone <laughs> Chris I don't want to tell anybody about the blue sheen I got around the house when it rains real hard <laughs> yeah I bet <laughs> yeah well it keeps the critters away yeah <laughs> yeah I don't have termite problem well dad probably should get me to the airport huh? yeah thanks for coming on my show oh I'm my pleasure and thank you for having me Absolutely. Was great. Wasn't too painful, was it? No, it was not. Actually, I'm getting used to this. Are you? Yeah. You are. Your know, your mic presence is getting way better right, than it was. Right. Like it was way well, better. The first time I did this, I looked at it and watched it, and I thought, oh, God, Springer, you got to lighten up a little. <laughs> I'm being so nervous. I'm and pretty I, sure whipping your dick out is uh, lightening the mood, so. Well, yeah, I mean. You just but, pretend that you're yeah. about to whip your dick out. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, there was a lot of alcohol involved there, too. I think the history, cha- the history Channel had a lot to do with me. Wasn't that great? That was the most awesome thing. My kid have done anything for me. I've always wanted to be a part of Bottoms Up. I was never really got to be part of Bottoms Up other than the pride of my son doing it. I think and the, the catalyst you, for making it, but you know. 
Well, you, you know, and I've always given a shit about him never letting me get any shares. But the best thing he done for me, and I'd take him over shares any day of the week, because he brought the History Channel into my garage. That was the best thing that had ever happened. I mean, I love the History Channel. And for them to come to my garage and do a, do a segment was like, wow. I'm almost a hero at home. <laughs> that is pretty neat. That is very neat. How many people get to say the History Channel was in their garage? Only a Not couple a hundred. Yeah. yeah, out of how many million? Uh, a lot. A lot. It's, bi- it's billion, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. No, that was pretty cool. It impressed the hell out of all my friends. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Local celebrity, Alan Springer. Well, I don't know if it's celebrityism, but... I think that's what it is. Is it? Yeah, cool. we're on TV, right? Nobody's asked me for my autograph yet. Well, next step. Not only am I not a child molester, yeah. but my dick is much larger than yours. <laughs> just, oh, just so you know. Oh my god, that story is so good. Why didn't we tell that story? What? The um the one where <laughs> I tell this story all the time. So uh, my dad is um, running to daycare as a man. He goes to the, the little boy's room. Actually, oh. there was an adult bathroom, and then there was a little boy's room. Closer to the little boy's room. Got to watch the kids. Makes more sense to go there. This little boy that he's watching is potty training. <laughs> so my dad's in there at the urinal peeing. This little to, boy. Can, I had, no, wait a minute. Back up a little bit because I had to pee really bad really bad and the upstairs bathroom was used by one of my girls was in the bathroom i couldn't wait any longer so i go in the bathroom and this other little boy can stand there at the urinal taking a pee so i'm going okay i'll take a pee no big deal i do it with my son all the time right this little kid looks at me and he looks down at me and he looks back at me and man he said yours is way bigger than my dad's <laughs> I could. I went. Oh, this was not good. And then he had to explain it to the kids. Well, mom. I told. I know. I knew the parent really, really well. I mean, I got to know the parents really, really well. I know Denny, Dennis Harkey, you know. And one day, it was years later. I told Dennis. I said, "So I got a story to tell you." You know, and Dennis is a pretty. You know, he's pretty a mellow guy. He doesn't really drink. He's not religious, but he might as well be. And and uh, I remember him. I tell him this story, and I said, so De- Dennis, this, so I was standing in the urinal, and I had to take a pee really, really bad, and upstairs one of the bathrooms was being used, and, you know, I was standing next to your kid, and I was taking a piss, and your kid looked up at me, and looked back down, and looked back up at me, and says, oh, it's way bigger than my dad's, and Dennis looks at me and says, oh, please don't tell my wife this. <laughs> I uh, thought, oh, you had to explain it to him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. Oh, like, oh, Jesus. Are you uh, sure you were explaining, or just... Bragging? Yeah, bragging. 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 